This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, high near 60. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 42. Partly sunny Thursday with a high near 62. Republican Paul Battisti and Democrat Matthew Ryan are facing each other in this year's election for Broome County District Attorney. The candidates have some different ideas about how the office now headed by Michael Korchak should be run. Battisti defeated Korchak in the Republican primary last June. That primary was a rematch of a battle for the party's nomination four years earlier. In 2019, Battisti secured the Republican nomination in the primary election. Korchak ultimately ran on the Libertarian Party line in the general election that year and was elected district attorney in a three-way race. Ryan and Korchak spoke during separate live interviews on WNBF Radio's Binghamton Now program about the district attorney's office and their plans if they are elected. You can hear both interviews with Bob Joseph on the WNBF app and on WNBF.com. Evidence shown at former President Donald Trump's New York civil business fraud trial shows that he signed a 1994 document that gave the true size of the New York penthouse that was listed later as far larger on his financial statements. The evidence appeared in an email attachment shown during testimony Tuesday from Alan Weisselberg, the former finance chief of Trump's company. James' lawsuit alleges that Weisselberg engineered Trump's financial statements to meet his demands that they show increases in his net worth and signed off on lofty valuations for assets despite appraisals to the contrary. Trump denies any wrongdoing. On October 8th, officers from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office were dispatched to a residence on Penguin Drive in the town of Cortlandville to investigate a domestic disturbance incident. During the investigation, officers determined that the defendant, Robert Benson, had strangled and then struck the victim several times. Officers also determined that Benson prevented the victim from calling 911 for help. When officers tried to arrest him, he refused to comply with lawful orders and resisted arrest. Benson was arraigned in central arraignment and remanded to the Cortland County Jail without bail. A member of a New York City drug-dealing crew blamed for the fentanyl-laced heroin death of actor Michael Williams has been sentenced to five years in prison. Louise Cruz was the third of four defendants to be sentenced in connection with the drugs linked to Williams' 2021 overdose death in Brooklyn. Cruz was sentenced Tuesday in federal court in Manhattan. He apologized and said he sold drugs to support his habit and pay bills. The crew member who actually sold the drugs to William is serving 10 years in prison and got more than two years in prison. A fourth awaits sentencing. An Edwell man is preparing to open the first of what could become a chain of family-friendly restaurants featuring chicken wings and salads. William Bedeen told WNBF News the new eatery will be called Chicken Chicks. The business will be located in the Park Manor Plaza in Edwell. Boudin said the restaurant will be in the space that was occupied for decades by Mama T's. That business closed last summer. While Chicken Chicks will offer seven varieties of wings, it will not serve alcohol. 
The menu will also feature some healthier selections, including salads and some vegan sandwiches. Boudin said it will be a quick service restaurant with customers placing their orders at a walk-up counter. He said the restaurant will open or operate seven days a week. And he's working to put the finishing touches on the Endwell rest- restaurant, which may be ready for a soft opening on Friday. A new indictment filed Tuesday charges U.S. Representative George Santos with stealing the identities of donors to his campaign and then using their credit cards to ring up tens of thousands of dollars in unauthorized charges. Prosecutors say some of that stolen money ended up in his own bank account. The 23-count indictment replaces one filed earlier against the New York Republican, charging him with embezzling money from his campaign and lying to Congress about his wealth, among other offenses. Santos told reporters at the U.S. Capitol he had no comment on the superseding indictment. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. do believe it's time for Binghamton now on news radio WNBF it's Wednesday October 11th 2023 phone number is 607-772-1290 I'm Bob Joseph buckle up morning you're on the air what's the first name where's your town Hello? Hello? Yeah. What's your first name? What's the town? This is Stephen. From, oh, Vestal. Yes, Stephen Donnelly. Oh, you're the uh, Vestal Town Board member, Steve Donnelly. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Morning, Bob. How are you? Good. Good. Good, good. We're now on the air speaking to a potential audience of 8 billion people worldwide. (laughs) There you go. Knowing you, Bob, I'm sure it's more like 10. You know, uh, know, it's not just limited to Earth, but perhaps others on other planets who have their own receivers are are tuning in without acknowledging and without paying for the information they receive. (laughs) What's on your mind? Yeah, no, so I I just want to call in. I know, obviously, there's a a race that's happening in, in the town of Vestal. And, and as you kind of alluded to there initially, I'm a councilman in Vestal. And I'm um, in my second year, almost finished with my second year of my four-year term. And, uh, you know, it's funny because you know, I, I hear a lot of the stuff that's out there and it's just been weighing on me to kind of call in a little bit because I've heard a lot of falsehoods and things that are out there and campaign rhetoric and what have you. And that's nothing against the candidates themselves. But, you know, being that I'm at a board level and, and I've had the experience now over the last, you know, almost two years, um, I can say that, you know, the, the position of uh, supervisor, which is extremely important position, uh, and as a lot of folks know, you know, Vessel has remained the cornerstone of commerce here in Broome County. Uh, it's extremely important uh, to keep the folks in leadership that have been doing a good job. And, you know, originally when I ran, uh, I was very critical of uh, the administration. I was critical of the supervisor and what have you. And quite frankly, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm never, um, uh, shy to fall on my own sword, so to speak. And if I feel like there's something that needs to be said, I will. And I, I will say that, 
um, over the last, you know, almost two years that I've been working on the board, um, that, that the board has really done a great job of, of keeping uh, taxes lowered, um, keeping them, you know, stabilized as much as you can. Uh, what a lot of folks don't realize is that every dollar um, out of the tax dollar for Vestal, uh, a majority of it, um, almost almost 70 cents out of the dollar, I'm not quite maybe a little bit shy of that, uh, goes to the school district. So, you know, realistically, there's only so much the town board can do to really uh, exercise that. But, you know, there's been a lot of really positive things in Vestal. There's been a lot of businesses that have come into town. There's been a lot of residents. People are selling their houses that at record high prices <laughs> in our areas too uh, right now. So now realistically, I, you know, I, I, I welcome anybody um, to run obviously for the board, just like I did, because I've learned a tremendous amount just in the, the two years I've been on. But at the same time, you know, I, I would really um, caution residents about making sure that they're making the right and informed decision. Cause there's been a lot of stuff out there about taxes and dogs and all kinds of things that, that quite frankly, just aren't, aren't true. So, you know, I just wanted to obviously just have come on and, and be able to share a perspective from somebody that uh, wasn't on the board and now is on the board and, and can at least give, um, you know, firsthand experience. Well, overall, one of the things that uh, is brought up on this program and elsewhere is, is concern about uh, property reassessments in the town in recent years and meaning that some people are paying substantially higher taxes than they were on their properties five years ago. Yeah, so so I mean, even with even with the assessments themselves, I mean, if you look at the assessments, I mean, my assessment went up as well. Um, you know, a lot of assessments have gone up, but if you look at it, it is not consumer with, with where the tax dollar goes and the tax rate that's gone up. My taxes uh, in Vestal when I bought my house um, were not cheap and still aren't cheap. Uh, unfortunately, that's just part of living in New York State. But um, it, the reality is, is that my tax um, uh, has not increased uh, one iota. Uh, I, I live in a you know up on the hills up up in um, up above African Road School and what have you and a very nice community very nice district but the increase in an assessment does not uh, necessarily correlate with the increase of the tax base as well so that's where I think a lot of people really need to kind of understand and you know the board is always willing to sit down with folks and we welcome people to come in so that they can better understand and sit down with our uh, assessor's office obviously everybody has a, the point to grieve as well if they wanted to grieve those those assessments and what have you, but the assessments also help uh, and directly correlate to the sale of the properties that are out there too. And, and you know, literally, uh, if you put a property for sale in Vestal, um, you know, it, it's literally, I, I'd be surprised if it was on there for more than a couple weeks, you know, uh, just because of the state of the current market. So, um, you know, realistically, it's played a role in a lot of people's, um, uh, in a lot of uh, successes for people, both personally and, and professionally as well uh, in terms of real estate. Speaking to Stephen Donnelly, member of the uh, Vestal Town Board, uh, council member. Are your taxes, your current taxes, all paid up? Are they current? Yes, my taxes are current. Okay, because as you may know, some people have brought up suggesting that you've got uh, tax bills that are overdue. Have they, were they paid on time? Yep, yep, yeah, I, yeah. I know, I know who you're talking about, and unfortunately, uh, this is a person that has uh, continued to harass me and my family and put falsehoods out there. Uh, you know, which is listen, it's, it's freedom of speech. I get it, but um, you know, realistically, I, I don't, I don't really listen to banter, and I don't listen to things that, quite frankly, are are either a false or b uh, don't have any relevance to me or my family. Well, speaking of him, since you brought him up, and obviously you know he is a, a regular caller to the program, um, and he 
He's talked about some of the interactions at uh, the Vestal Town Hall with you and with the town supervisor, John Schaefer. Uh, just give me an overall sense of of what your perspective is. I mean, obviously, John from Binghamton, John Solak, has been asking questions and showing up at, at the town board meetings with some frequency. What's What's your sense of how that has has happened uh he he made a point that he he thought uh, the one interaction that he had at least one with a, a vestal town police officer may have been a little bit of an overreach because he didn't think he was doing anything wrong what's your what's your take on on what he's been doing in recent months yeah i mean obviously you know nobody's a stranger to this particular individual and uh, you know he's somebody that's been in the community for a number of years i personally don't know him that well um i know you know, kind of what his MO is and, and how he likes to go out and kind of be a, an independent journalist or whatever he, he kind of calls himself. But, you know, realistically, I've been there. I've been there for the interactions. I mean, you know, everybody at the town is, is very open to talking to the residents. Um, even John, I mean, who is not a town of Vestal resident, we've given him uh, the opportunity at the board meetings to ask whatever questions he wants and what have you. I mean, everybody has the privilege of the floor where they're able to talk um, at our board meetings on, on Wednesdays, uh, which, which uh, happen twice a month. Um, and so, quite frankly, I mean, the interactions have been nothing, you know, other than keeping things on track. You know, we have a, a, a rules and decorum for, for, you know, a board meeting. And uh, unfortunately, not, those rules and decorum weren't always followed uh, by people in there. And, and so, quite frankly, a lot of times if those aren't followed and it, and it becomes disruptive or uh, um, otherwise a nuisance, um, then, you know, unfortunately, those, you know, the, the, the authorities and whomever else uh, have the, the, I guess, the, the free reign to do what they want and exercise their rights to, to ensure that that's the proper decorum and, and meeting conduct is, uh, is upheld, you know? So, but I've been there. I mean, I know, uh, uh Mr. Schaefer, Supervisor Schaefer, you know, all myself, uh, John Fletcher, Cena, Patty Fitzgerald, you know, we've all been very, um, understanding. We've been very patient. You know, we've been very, you know, uh, open eared when it comes to anything that, that he has to say. And, and if he has something that's, you know, other than, you know, spreading, falsehoods or, or whatever else, then, you know, we're, we're all ears. But, you know, unfortunately, at this point, it's really just kind of been more him coming in and uh, really kind of trying to be a, I don't know, <laughs> an investigative reporter or I don't know what he's trying to do. Uh, and it's just really uh, become more of a disruption than it has been uh, an information piece, I guess. Do you believe he's raised some valid points about Vesseltown government? No, I don't, I don't, honestly, because, you know, a lot of the things he said and even some of the, a lot of the things that, that he said and that he's put on his social media are not true, uh, including the inspection of vehicles and, you know, all these other things. And then even when I had a different Tesla from uh, something else, he was, you know, complaining about that and why I had his jersey. I mean, just things that are just, quite frankly, um, I, I really hope he gets the help that he, that he, it sounds like he may need. But, you know, realistically, I think that he's a little bit... Um, delusional in terms of some of his accusations and some of the things that he says and talks about. Um, I, again, personally don't know him, um, so I can't uh, reference his character. All I can reference is the behavior that I've seen to this point. And uh, I think that the points themselves are not valid because everything he said uh, had nothing to do with the town and nothing to do with what benefits actual, the actual residents of the town. It seems like it's more about um, trying to either create or uh, sensationalized things that, that quite frankly just aren't there. Do you believe he's crossed the line to the point where you've witnessed him do anything that would be illegal, something that violated the law? 
Oh yeah, no. I mean, we we've. I mean, uh, quite frankly, I mean, I, I, there's still ongoing, uh, you know, things that are that are uh, pending there. But you know, yeah, I, quite frankly, there has been a, a lot of things that he's done. I mean, I, we've I mean, he's said things that, quite frankly, aren't true. Um, he's been outside my house and my home, <laughs> quite frankly, personally. So I mean, you know, I, I just don't have a whole lot of um, uh, what's the word uh, trust slash um, confidence in. in um, you know, his ability to control himself in some of these meetings and what have you. But, you know, that's why we have the folks that are there and we just conduct our meetings as planned. And, you know, he's always welcome to attend like anybody else. And, you know, we'd be happy to, you know, answer any questions he has during the, the appropriate times if there's something that he, he really wants to raise. Do you believe he's harassed you and your family? Yes. And you did make yes, a police absolutely. complaint, correct? Yes, I did. All right. Is, and that hasn't been resolved yet? Uh, not yet, no. Um, but, you know, really a lot of it is just for the safety of my family, especially with my fiancé and my young son. I mean, he's made, I mean, obviously, I, I you know, local uh, figure in the political realm and in the business realm, I, I mean, I can certainly understand that I'm going to get uh, some some chatter and some banter and what have you, but to involve my fiancé and my, uh, who, my son, who just turned one year old, <laughs> into those discussions just isn't appropriate. So, uh, quite frankly, it was more out of protection for my family than anything else. Stephen Donnelly, member of the Vestal Town Board, thanks for joining us today. And, oh, by yeah, the way, thank you. by the way, the election is less than four weeks away for people who aren't paying attention. Election Day will be November 7th. Yeah, absolutely. And I really encourage people to get out. I mean, this is a time where, you know, anybody locally, you know, whatever your position is, you know, independent, Republican, Democrat, whatever it is that uh, whatever flag you're flying, we encourage everybody to get out there and vote. It's really the only way to really, truly make a difference uh, within our communities. And, and uh, everybody needs to come out and kind of, you know, show their support of, of whoever it is that they want in office that we can continue to move our communities forward. Stephen Donnelly, keep in touch. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. It's 922, live and local on a Wednesday morning. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Golf Toyota. Hi. Live with Bob Joseph. Back to the phones we go. John from Binghamton. Good morning. Hi, Bob. Uh, let me uh, respond a bit. Uh, I think it's interesting that the guy uh, that is concerned about my behavior at public meetings, uh, which is confined to asking questions, that guy that was just on was arrested uh, at his uh, one of uh, an event for one of his children, uh, shown wrestling with somebody else. So anybody's public behavior uh, 
that has to be questioned that should be his. The next thing is I have two of those uh, police reports that he filed. Uh, they they indicate that they've been closed out. I don't know where he gets this idea that they're still under any investigation. Uh, I don't know how to get to the street that he lives on. I have never, ever driven by his house. I've never harassed him. I He's also, I don't speak at the Vestal Town Board meetings. I cover the Vestal Town Board meetings. When they're adjourned or before they begin, I ask questions, much like Sam Donaldson asked questions of Ronald Reagan or the press asked questions of Joe Biden. Last night, for example, I was at and put on about nine minutes of the Vestal School Board meeting. Uh, So, uh, you know, Credibility-wise, anybody that would promise a luxury apartment building in Endicott, secure no permits, no financing, doesn't own the land, uh, I think we we know who's got better credibility in this matter. Uh, As far as his one-year-old child, I I, uh, by uh, his girlfriend, I I have, I mean, I, I don't know what he's talking about there. His girlfriend, which he calls his fiance, and I don't know how you have a fiance without being divorced. His divorce case has been ongoing since 2017, but his fiance has been on the front page of the Daily News. She is an Instagram celebrity. She refers to herself as a public figure, and indeed, she is a public figure. So I don't disrupt those meetings. I don't harass uh uh, anyone. Uh, he seems to agree with that now, but yet his his police reports indicate that he was, at the time that he made them, he was questioning them. So, uh, you know, he can psychoanalyze me all he wants, but, uh, uh, and his taxes were not paid on time. I'll get more information from the county. So, you know, uh, that's about all. I think I've covered it all. Well, bottom line, do you believe you've ever done anything illegal with respect to Stephen Donnelly or the town supervisor, John Schaefer, or any uh, town of Vestal officials? No, no, I haven't. And, you know, he's, he's uh, like I say, I have not done anything illegal, and he's been arrested. So, you know, what, what do you want from me? All right, John from Binghamton, John Solak, thanks for responding. Hope you have a good day. Uh, It's 929 at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF WNBF.com. Our lines are open, whether you're a public official, a candidate, a private citizen. We're here for you. Every morning, Binghamton now, 9 to noon, News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Streaming at WNBF.com. WNBF. Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. 
This segment is sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Bob. How doing? Everything is fine here in Parlor City. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a spirited uh, caller so far this morning. Well, that's what I love about the program because yeah. we, we have live interaction and all are welcome. I, I cast a wide net. Everybody is allowed on the program. You do. You're quite the fisherman, let me tell you. Well, I wait till you see what I do. I've got five loaves of bread and two fishes. Or is it two fishes and five loaves of bread? And I'm... Bob. Hey! <laughs> Obviously, I have a sense of humor. You have to these days. Oh, Everybody has to have true. a sense of humor. Anyway, oh, well, you said anyway. about a wide net, and therefore, mm. therefore. Therefore. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> give us some uh, good information. Okay. You always have some great educational tips and, and things that can help people make their plans, especially at the end of a year. Yeah, that's important, you know, at the end of the year because I think people, you know, get everything together. They start, women start to change their clothes around. They take stock of what their outfits are, what goes to uh, charity or Plato's Closet or wherever they uh, pass them on to. And then people start to look at their finances, you know, their policies, their resources. And do they want to do the same thing again next year? And there was a great article in the paper um with savvy senior Jim Miller and so I'm gonna Yogi Bear a little bit of that and basically it was thinking about life insurance after you retire. And do you need it? You know, and what does it depend on whether you need it or not? Well of course, Bob, your life insurance is designed to help protect your spouse, your children, and everything else from uh poverty in the event of your untimely death. But as your children are grown and they hopefully are on their own, then a lot of times people say, well, do I still need this? So one of the reasons you might still need it is dependent on if it's a married couple and what you did if you had a pension and if you took your full pension. And if you took your full pension at the time that you could have and you created a life insurance policy to supplement the spouse, um, instead of taking half of your pension so that they could, you know, still carry on as far as the, from a financial standpoint in the in the untimely um, situation of your death, do you still need that coverage? Well, I think you better turn and look at your spouse and say, do you think I still need this coverage? Because overwhelmingly the answer would normally be yes. Because in that kind of scenario, a spouse may only have Social Security or a small pension of her own. And I'm saying her because... Now, back, you know, 20 years ago, a lot of times it was the men that had the pensions, depending on the corporations they worked for. So in that situation, you certainly want to hang on to it. What about any debts that you may still have? A lot of people going into retirement, Bob, they pay off their mortgage, but a lot of people don't. Or they pick up a second home and they have a mortgage on that, maybe in Arizona or in Florida. Well, what's going to happen to that mortgage if... Some of your income is no longer there. So if you have a good life insurance policy, you may want to look at that. A lot of times people say, well, you know what? I don't want to keep paying these premiums. They keep going up. And a lot of times, depending on the type of product that you bought, that's certainly an objection that we look at because with uh, universal life policies, which were sold heavily back in the 80s and early 90s, 
you know, those premiums are increasing, and they increase drastically, Bob. So instead of, you know, $100 a month, they're now at $600 a month. Well, that's a pretty big hike. So what do you do about that? Certainly we review that. We look at it. A lot of times what may be an option is to um, use a 1035 exchange. That's a tax-free exchange from the current policy that you have into maybe a hybrid policy, which is a life insurance contract with a long-term care rider. And then that way it can also help you out if you don't have long-term care insurance and you come into an accident or an illness because you're allowed to tap into your death benefit. And if you don't need it for that, well, guess what? Then your heirs will have the death benefit income tax-free. So, you know, what we do recommend is don't just stop paying, take the cash. If you have cash value in your policy, it could be a taxable event, and you don't find that out till afterwards. Well, that's not a good surprise. So we bring you in, we look at the policy, we call the companies together, we look at your options, and then you can make a good informed decision on should I keep it, should I move it, um, do I need it, and what else is out there. Also, just to tell people that P, you know, when people retire or if they're in their 70s and 80s and they've been retired and they've already gotten rid of their life insurance, a lot of times they're looking for what we call um, final expense insurance, and that's because they decided, well, gee, I got rid of this, but now I don't want my family to have to pay for anything. And there are what we call guaranteed issue policies out there. We do a lot of those. Sign here. It's up to 25000 in New York that you can get. And um, there's no medical to qualify. So those are very popular. The premium never goes up. So we do a lot of that. Also, it's annual open enrollment period coming down the stretch, Bob, October 15th to December 7th. And that, of course, is the time period when people that are on Medicare need to make their choices going into the following year, January 1st, 2024. We are setting appointments, of course, for that, and we have been. You can give us a call for a life insurance review or for an annual enrollment appointment, and we are at 607-772-4898. You can also Google us. We're at KSO Insurance. All our contact information will come up, and we are at 1708 Vestal Parkway East, up up around back of uh, Plato's Closet and Style Encore. All right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Enjoy the rest of the week. You too, Bob, and thanks. You're welcome. It's 9.39. The previous segment was sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. the phones we go at 607-772-1290. Glenn from Vestal, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Is that Moonlight Serenade playing? Oh, my goodness, it is. A Glenn Miller song. Look at that. That's a wonderful tune. Hold on. Let's allow, let's just soak a little bit in for a couple seconds. This is one of my favorites. Never go wrong with the classics. Never. Anyway, Glenn from Vestal. I mean, Glenn Miller, uh, candidate Thanks. for the Vestal Town Board. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so I 
didn't hear the full Steve Donnelly section that you had earlier. I think it was good that he called on. Um, I did get the information that he said a few disparaging things about our candidacy. We don't do that to the other candidacy, so I'm not going to do that here now. I would simply like to tell people that they need to go to our website to learn the truth about us, and that's Real Democracy, the number four, Vestal.com. You can Google Real Democracy for Vestal or search engine that. You'll find it. It'll come up pretty quick. Um, and I did hear that he was, you know, kind of beating his own chest, seeing how much good work the city council and the supervisor has done over the past years. And I would just invite anybody that has those questions or hasn't been paying attention to go ahead and look up news articles, find out just what has been going on at the uh, town council and the town supervisor over the past few years. A lot of good information out there. And anybody who has been paying attention, going down to board meetings like myself and such like that, they truly know how the board works and how they respond to people. So they know what's going on. I'm pretty sure Mr. Donnelly was just targeting people who really haven't been paying much attention to what's going on with the town board. Um, we kind of have, and we're, we see places that could do some definite improvement, especially in the communication to the public, because it's the residents and the taxpayers of Vestal that the board and the supervisor are supposed to be working for. And that's the way we, we approach it. We approach it as true democracy, where the people are going to have the voice and we are going to hear the voice. We're going to respond to them and we're going to work for them every moment that we're in office. Glenn Miller, one of the candidates for the Vestal Town Council, the town board. Thank you for joining us. I point out to all listeners, not just in Vestal, but everybody in New York State, that early voting will begin in 17 days. That's October 28th. And then Election Day is on November 7th, less than four weeks away. So I encourage people to um, become better informed, and we will strive on this program to um, inform all of our listeners and give everyone uh, a fair opportunity, all candidates and um, supporters of candidates, a fair opportunity to talk about the issues facing, whether it's the town of Vastel or other local communities. We're here to serve all the people in our region. So, Mr. Miller, thanks for calling in. Thank you, Bob. We appreciate the work you do. Thank you. It's 943-607-772-1290. What's on your mind on this Wednesday? Call WNBF News Radio at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always on the WNBF app. WNBF weather, mostly cloudy today, 60. Partly cloudy tonight, 42. Partly sunny tomorrow, 62. Mostly sunny Friday, 60. Right now, it's 52 in downtown Binghamton. That's 11 Celsius at WNBF.
him, please go home. Oh, no. <laughs> he won't go home. Last time I'm inviting a little William. Ah, he wore out his welcome. After he broke the living room lamps. Not one, but both. 607-772-1290. This is the station that will give you live local talk. Weekday mornings from 9 to noon. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It's Beverly. Did you know that the safety deposit boxes aren't insured at the bank? Oh, I... I never asked him. Well, I never used one, so it never never really um, affected me. But so anything you put in the thing at the bank, it's say if the bank burns down or somebody steals it, there's nothing you can do about it. That's what they're saying. Well, I what guess. The it, uh, I apologize for that word. What the what the heck is the is it? Uh, I don't. Why should people have one then? Well, that's why I don't. I, it's not that I don't trust banks. It's just I don't want something to happen. What if something bad happened to the bank? What if the bank was destroyed by an earthquake? What if some employee somehow, and I don't know how an employee would do it, but say a, a bank employee somehow managed to get into my safe deposit box, do you think I want my stuff taken? No. Well, and again, I'm not saying it happens because I can't imagine how they would do it, but I don't see, personally, I don't see an upside for me to have one of those things. I'll just, you know, protect my stuff in my own unique way. Yeah, well, I was shocked when I see it. I got the letter yesterday. I said, well, what's the sense of having them in there if they're not insured? And what, well, what did they say? Well, it's right on the paper. It's it's right it's right on the paper, and I called the bank, and they said, "Well, it's safe here, but it's not insured." And well, what's it says to have on one? Well, that's I would say it's probably safer in most cases than keeping some of the valuables in your home. I again, I don't think any place is perfectly safe. So you're just you were just thinking about getting one of these boxes. You don't already have one. I ain't saying that. I ain't saying what if I have one or not because I don't want anybody to think I'm, you know. All right. Well, but the bottom line is, but the bottom the bottom line is, at least the bank said that. There's no insurance, so... And again, I don't... So I uh, mentioned a moment ago, I don't know how this stuff works because I've just never never had occasion to want to avail myself of that that kind of service. But I, I guess now I, I learned something. Yeah, well, they told me not to put any money in there. Well, I, really, I know that. But Jesus about about the other things and so forth. That's what I was concerned about. Right. I, I was really upset, Bob, because I never got a letter like that before. Hmm. Uh, I got a letter uh, that the payment was due for it. Right. But, but, but to have that on the bottom of my letter. Well, 
it se- but it seems but it seems to me and maybe maybe I'm wrong but it seems to me that in all the paperwork that initially is signed when you uh sign up for for using one of these boxes somewhere in the contract it it must have said this isn't something they they could have just in my opinion just have changed recently that it, it must have said somewhere and maybe it was small print or maybe it was on page three but it was probably somewhere in the legal language that uh whatever you put in there is not insured oh yeah i know yeah. it really it really bothers me too you well know? i i can understand but i also i guess i sort of understand from the bank standpoint too that if if insurance was easy to obtain and didn't cost that much they would probably do it my my thought is if they wanted to get insurance for the contents of a safe deposit box um i guess i guess um maybe it would just cost too much but the other thing is what if someone makes a claim say i i put lots of gold stuff or lots of valuable jewelry or something inside my safe deposit box and then something bad happens at the bank and the um safe deposit boxes are somehow compromised how can they how would the insurance company know if i was telling the truth i never thought of that yeah so that and maybe that's one of the reasons so you know i'm not saying that somebody like me a person of impeccable honesty and integrity i'm not saying i would try to defraud the insurance company but say how about like a member of Congress from Long Island who has uh, a propensity, they say, for possibly committing fraudulent acts? What about people like that? Well, they deserve to be they they deserve to be punished if they're doing something wrong. Well, only if it's proven in the court of law, right? Well, I mean, just because somebody accuses a member of Congress from Long Island of defrauding his campaign supporters and double or triple charging their credit cards after they've made a donation just because he's accused of that doesn't mean he's guilty. Yeah, that's true, Bob. The government must prove its case. I know that, did I? I got a notice for jury duty, and uh, I, uh, not too long ago, and I called them up and I told them that, I'd have to come in in a wheelchair, I said, because I can't, I can walk, but not long distance, you know, and, and they told me to, to get us, to get us a, a note from my, from my position, you know, and they would take me off. All right. Well, at least there is, um, an option if it's difficult to, uh, perform jury duty. Appreciate your call. Okay, thank you, Derek. It's 9.56. More to come on this Wednesday morning. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF.
This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, high near 60. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 42. Partly sunny Thursday with a high near 62. Republican Paul Battisti and Democrat Matthew Ryan are facing each other in this year's election for Broome County District Attorney. The candidates have some different ideas about how the office now headed by Michael Korchak should be run. Battisti defeated Korchak in the Republican primary last June. That primary was a rematch of a battle for the party's nomination four years earlier. In 2019, Battisti secured the Republican nomination in the primary election. Korchak ultimately ran on the Libertarian Party line in the general election that year and was elected district attorney in a three-way race. Ryan and Korchak spoke during separate live interviews on WNBF Radio's Binghamton Now program about the district attorney's office and their plans if they are elected. You can hear both interviews with Bob Joseph on the WNBF app and on WNBF.com. Evidence shown at former President Donald Trump's New York civil business fraud trial shows that he signed a 1994 document that gave the true size of the New York penthouse that was listed later as far larger on his financial statements. The evidence appeared in an email attachment shown during testimony Tuesday from Alan Weisselberg, the former finance chief of Trump's company. James' lawsuit alleges that Weisselberg engineered Trump's financial statements to meet his demands that they show increases in his net worth and signed off on lofty valuations for assets despite appraisals to the contrary. Trump denies any wrongdoing. On October 8th, officers from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office were dispatched to a residence on Penguin Drive in the town of Cortlandville to investigate a domestic disturbance incident. During the investigation, officers determined that the defendant, Robert Benson, had strangled and then struck the victim several times. Officers also determined that Benson prevented the victim from calling 911 for help. When officers tried to arrest him, he refused to comply with lawful orders and resisted arrest. Benson was arraigned in central arraignment and remanded to the Cortland County Jail without bail. A member of a New York City drug-dealing crew blamed for the fentanyl-laced heroin death of actor Michael Williams has been sentenced to five years in prison. Louise Cruz was the third of four defendants to be sentenced in connection with the drugs linked to Williams' 2021 overdose death in Brooklyn. Cruz was sentenced Tuesday in federal court in Manhattan. He apologized and said he sold drugs to support his habit and pay bills. The crew member who actually sold the drugs to William is serving 10 years in prison and got more than two years in prison. A fourth awaits sentencing. An Edwell man is preparing to open the first of what could become a chain of family-friendly restaurants featuring chicken wings and salads. William Bedeen told WNBF News the new eatery will be called Chicken Chicks. The business will be located in the Park Manor Plaza in Edwell. Boudin said the restaurant will be in the space that was occupied for decades by Mama T's. That business closed last summer. While Chicken Chicks will offer seven varieties of wings, it will not serve alcohol. The menu will also feature some healthier selections, including salads and some vegan sandwiches. Boudin said it will be a quick service restaurant with customers placing their orders at a walk-up counter. He said the restaurant will open or operate seven days a week. 
and he's working to put the finishing touches on the Endwell rest, restaurant, which may be ready for a soft opening on Friday. A new indictment filed Tuesday charges U.S. Representative George Santos with stealing the identities of donors to his campaign and then using their credit cards to ring up tens of thousands of dollars in unauthorized charges. Prosecutors say some of that stolen money ended up in his own bank account. The 23-count indictment replaces one filed earlier against the New York Republican, charging him with embezzling money from his campaign and lying to Congress about his wealth, among other offenses. Santos told reporters at the U.S. Capitol he had no comment on the superseding indictment. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph, another hour here at the radio station. Our phone lines are open for you at 607-772-1290. We start the hour off with Heather Staley with some details about the second annual yard bombing. A yard bombing. It sounds fascinating yet potentially dangerous. Good morning, Heather Staley. Hi, Bob. How are you? Good. Um, So will anybody be injured during the yarn bombings that are going to happen on Saturday? No, no injuries. Um, I'm here with It's Raining Lemonade. Um, Our group is having our second annual yarn bombing. And for um, listeners that aren't sure what that is, is it is where uh, people in the community donate yarn, donate their time, and they knit hats, scarves, and mittens that are then uh, placed in uh, two locations, one in JC, one in Endicott, and families, individuals that are in need can stop on by and take an item free of charge that's been handmade lovingly with care by one of their neighbors in the community. So no injuries involved here. Just a community service. I see online that more than a hundred hats and scarves has been have been prepared for this year's event. Yes, at um, last count we were at a hundred and eighteen items. Um, it was so successful and popular last year that we've expanded to two locations. Um, we will still be in Johnson City, uh, Floral Avenue Park. The items will actually be hung up on the fence in front of the park closest to the fire station. And uh, it's a busy street. You know, people can walk by and help themselves to a free item. Um, This year, we're also going to have the items available in Endicott um, at the intersection of North Street and Madison Avenue. This is right across from CVS by the Price Chopper Plaza. And again, Saturday, October 14th, all of the items are free of charge for our neighbors to uh, come and take an item and help stay warm this winter. Tell our listeners a little background about the group that's responsible for this event. Um, Our group is called It's 
raining lemonade. Um, a group of women here, three generations, uh, Lynn Terry, she's a PhD candidate at BU, myself, I'm kind of in the middle of my career, and Janet Kent, that's a retired RN. Um, we were sitting one day just talking about how all it seemed were people were just complaining, we don't have this in the area, there's nothing good happening. So we formed this group so that, you know, we could take those lemons and make lemonade and make some positive changes in the area. And what we found out is we there were people out there that we didn't even know. They wanted to get involved and volunteer in their community. They just didn't know how. So, you know, through this, we've met dozens of like-minded people. They've helped package items. They've knitted. They've donated yarn, supplies. So it's been a big community involvement here. Um, once we complete uh, our annual yarn bombing, we are on to our Christmas project here. Um, we are actually working with the jail ministry so that we can deliver a small Christmas gift, a book and a stuffed toy to each inmate's child that lives here locally. Um, you know, it's not the children's fault that they have a parent that's incarcerated, but it certainly brings them joy. I've done this before where you knock on the door and, you know, you see a toddler, a three-year-old, and you give them a package and you're like, hey, this is from your mom. And it just brings a lot of joy. You know, the kids are happy. It, they feel that their parents, even though they can't be home for the holidays, have remembered them. So we are um, actually going to be assembling 100 of these gift bags to go out before Christmas. And um, we could really use help from the community. Um, we are in need of stuffed animals to go in the bags. Um, we have a large need for the infant and toddler stuffed toys. Um, those are the ones that don't have buttons, beads, or any type of eye or anything on them that could be a choking hazard for an infant and toddler to play with. So we are trying to get a hundred of these before Thanksgiving so that the key club students will be able to package these up and we can get them in the hands of volunteers who will make these deliveries to the youngsters. All right. And if people want to get in touch with you or members of the group, what's the best way? Um, look us up on Facebook. It's Raining Lemonade Broom. Um, you'll see our Lemonade Lemon logo there and you'll know that you found the right group on Facebook. All right. And again, the second annual yarn bombing will be in Johnson City and Endicott this Saturday. Yes, yes. Please come after 10 o'clock, and uh, we hope to help keep people warm this winter. Heather Staley, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Bob. Bye-bye. It's 1015, Bob Joseph, live and local news radio, WNBF. Your calls are welcome, 607-772-1290. We are WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF.com. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF 
News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GaltAuto.com. Watch out for bad oranges. Protect your family. Details tonight at 11. Only on Scary News. (laughs) Wait, we don't have to use that story till November. Hold it for the sweeps. We'll do a three-part expose on scary oranges and delightful apples. Let's see, let's, uh, let's hopscotch over to WNBF.com, widely regarded as a website. Oh, finally, I know many people have said, gee, could we actually hear the interviews that uh, were broadcast on Binghamton Now with Paul Battisti and Matthew Ryan talking about why they want to be Broome County District Attorney and... We have made special arrangements to have those segments now posted at WNBF.com. So if you missed them when they were broadcast live here at the station, you can go to WNBF.com and enjoy. Enjoy. Let me prove how easy this is. For example, say you missed Paul Battisti. When he was on the program, you go to WNBF.com and to the um, the website, well, you have to navigate to the story where it says Broom DA race. So you go there and then you page down to the part where the interview is with Paul Battisti and, and listen how, how easy it is. You place your cursor over the arrow and then now we welcome back to the studio. Paul Battisti, the Republican candidate for Broome County District Attorney. And welcome, Mr. Battisti. Good morning, Bob. It's great to be back. All right. So see how that worked. And now, in the interest of fair time, also on the same website at WNBF.com, you could place your cursor on the arrow for the Matthew Ryan interview and listen what happens when you Click your mouse. We welcome to the studio former Binghamton Mayor Matthew Ryan, who's running as the Democratic candidate for Broome County District Attorney. Democratic line and the Working Families line. Right. Welcome back to WNBF. Thank you for uh, having me. All right. There it is. By popular demand. Both of them on the same website. And there you go. You can listen at your leisure. Or if you want, you could listen repeatedly. Put them on a loop. Also, on our website, you can see uh, details about an Endwell eatery 
a new Endwell eatery, which will specialize in wings and salads. But no beer. Hmm. So there you go. See for yourself uh, that story. And that's uh, that eatery in Endwell. I guess that means a restaurant. The uh, place in Endwell uh, will be opening very soon. So you can see the uh, relevant details at WNBF.com. By the way, I already have a couple of stories in the works for this afternoon um, on our website. So if you enjoy seeing some stories, local reporting, that you may not find elsewhere, uh, check out our website throughout the day. You can also check our website, too, on weekends. I know sometimes people think, well, I don't go to websites on weekends because, you know, what's the point? Well, point is, for example, the story from Vestal last weekend. If you were looking at WNBF.com on Saturday morning, you would have seen that story. So, Why do we do it? Well, because that's what we should do. We don't do the easy thing here. We do what we should do. That's... That's my motto. Why Why do the easy thing when you just ought to do the right thing? 607-772-1290 is the number. If you have thoughts, we have time to discuss. So if you want to, I know we got feedback. A lot of people are happy that gasoline prices in New York State have been trending downward uh, in recent weeks. So... I know just from listener feedback, people were really, really happy that gas prices are coming down. Um, And who knows? knows? Maybe the trend can continue, although it's hard to predict in these uncertain times. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, also keeping you connected using the WNBF app. Sure to listen to First News with Don Morgan every weekday morning here on WNBF. Here's the forecast from the National Weather Service. Mostly cloudy today, 60. Partly cloudy tonight, 42. Partly sunny tomorrow, 62. Mostly sunny Friday, 60. Right now, it's 54, 12 Celsius. WNBF at 1028. This is happening in the wide world of news. Oh, you're still playing football. And, uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Bills fans. You know, it's a belated statement, but sorry that things didn't go the way they were supposed to go across the pond on Sunday. It's just, just the way it is. But the Bills will come back 
bigger, bolder, prouder, and more victorious. So don't you worry about a thing. They're going all the way. Well, here's a disturbing story from Oswego. Courtesy of Syracuse.com, Darian Stevenson reports that bad things can happen when someone steals a stop sign. And this report, Syracuse.com, says that's what happened Tuesday. Someone stole a stop sign at an intersection in Oswego. Two cars crashed with one rolling over on its side, injuring people. Police said the sign was stolen from a corner on the intersection. The cops went to um, Facebook to alert other drivers about the, or other people, to alert people about how dangerous it is to steal stop signs. Uh, Police said, we are making this post to advise those who have thought about stealing traffic signs that your actions could have a disastrous effect on the lives of others and could result in serious injury or death. The sign may have been stolen after 2 o'clock Tuesday morning. So there you go, a cautionary tale from Oswego. There's even a, a photo Uh, apparently provided by the police about what happens after a stop sign has been removed without prior authorization. So it's a terrible thing, terrible thing when people choose to do bad stuff. So if you... If you know people who are doing bad stuff, counsel them to stop at once, whether it's stealing stop signs or stealing hot dogs from the grill at that store on East Main Street in Edwell. Please turn your life around before it's too late. If you need help, um, I guess call 211. If you need help, call 211. Um, That's a clearinghouse, so... People who need help, call 211 if you want to get your life back on track and become a law-abiding citizen. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob. It's Ron from Binghamton calling. Um, say, I, I don't know if I can do justice to the point I want to make. Uh, it's It's a a knotty problem and a, a difficult thing, but I, I heard um, mom, you know moments ago you had a very nice lady on talking about uh, gifts for toddlers who uh, whose parents may be incarcerated and uh, just just such a wonderful gesture toward toward young people and I can't help but in my head get the picture out of my mind of another group halfway around the world, uh, and I'm talking about the Hamas militants, who gleefully machine-gunned families and children uh, on Saturday. Uh, Both realities, both uh, one a wonderful positive thing, and the other uh, just a horrendous act of genocide. And what uh, disturbs me about it, besides it being, you know, takes takes us back to 
um, death camps in the 1930s and 40s and such. Besides that, is that you've got people at universities. I don't know if they're so blatantly ignorant or what prevails, but getting together at Harvard, at the University of California, and dare say, I don't know, tomorrow at Binghamton University, to rally behind uh, what Hamas did on Saturday. Uh, one student at Harvard uh, referred to what happened Saturday as inspiring and beautiful. What the heck? Uh, I have no words. Uh, it, how can a a how can people have such a deep level of hatred? Whatever it goes back to, whether it goes back to biblical times, what? Or maybe because people are being mistreated now. Um, it's, it's complicated and why, why anybody would celebrate, um, other people being injured or killed, uh, baffles me. I, I find, um, violence of any type to be deplorable. I know I'm not supposed to be using that word on this station, but it is deplorable for people to hurt others and for people to kill others. And then it's worse if those actions are celebrated. But the fact is well, there there are a lot of people in that region who are facing horrific conditions. And for the most part, most people in the world are blissfully ignorant or, or just don't care. I mean, it's complicated. Again, I'm yeah. not, I, I cannot and I never will uh, understand um, people who in whatever way, celebrate killings and mindless violence for whatever reason. But still, you know, again, you look you look at, at the situation in the region, all aspects of it, and the whole thing, the whole thing, not the whole thing, so much of it's been deplorable, and I've seen no no strong effort on the part of the world at large to try to help so many people who are in really bad conditions. And um, I know this is not the purpose of your call. I'm still trying to understand how on earth both the Israeli government and the U.S. government didn't know this was going to happen. So it makes me wonder if they wanted it to happen. I mean, that's that's a question. How can you not? That, that was not something that they that uh, Hamas just decided to do on a whim on Saturday. This was something in the works, clearly, I suppose, for days or weeks or maybe months. So the question still is, with all the money spent by Israel and the United States on defense and on intelligence, why didn't they know it was going to happen and why didn't they protect their people better? Well, uh, that's another question. I know, I know. So, 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 you just said something for two and a half minutes. So I said something that rarely gets said. There are so many questions about why this happened. And, and to the, to your point about people who celebrate death and violence, especially targeted against innocent people, I, I already said, I don't understand. And they, they ought to take, um, 
a timeout and spend whatever time it takes, whether it's a day or a week, for self-examination, why they would ever celebrate that. Bob, let's bring this home. Uh, tomorrow at the university, our Binghamton University, there's going to be, I'll call it, I don't know, maybe a quasi-celebration of what happened. It, it's a its a, a rally for the Palestinians. I'm not against the Palestinian people. I'm for murdering, I'm against murdering babies. Uh, and tomorrow, maybe you should go up as a reporter and interview some of those students who need to stand behind, apparently, the actions that were taken on Saturday. The, the brutality is beyond belief what happened on Saturday. This is, this is not just two sides fighting and there's collateral damage. These people, Hamas, went across the border and systematically destroyed men, women, and children. And there were children from, from Gaza on bicycles taking part in it because these children are taught to hate Jews so fiercely that, that that's what we've got there. And you've got the stupid students, no doubt, up in, at Binghamton University tomorrow. And I, I think historically they're probably stupid. And they're going to be there making a case for the ends of justify the means. And because the people in Gaza are uh, hostage, so to speak, to, to Israel, that they can go and do this. Now, that's, that's the only kernel point I want to make, that even in war, there are rules. And for the terrorists from Palestine, there are no rules. They will murder a baby as soon as they... As By the way, I'm aware of no country or no society that hasn't done similar things. So I, I want to know, you point out to me what country or what society hasn't engaged in atrocities in the past. I'm talking about the celebration of it. I know. I hear, look, we're all listening. I, I purposely didn't interrupt for a minute and a half. I'm saying that there is no country, to my knowledge... I mean, maybe there is like a small country that never has engaged in a real military action. I'm talking about the big countries. And maybe not Canada, because I don't recall Canada getting involved. But the, the bottom line is, some of the countries considered the biggest and the best on the planet also have engaged in atrocities over the years. And so I see, you know, this country has done things... I mean, whether it was in Vietnam or elsewhere, that were inhumane and indescribable and indefensible. And so have a lot of other countries and so have a lot of other groups over the years. Well, Bob, here's the thing. You can't point to bad behavior to rationalize and okay uh, other bad behavior that's taking place now. I'm not. I'm just pointing it out. I Again, let me be clear, because I don't think you're understanding my point. And I, I think I said it at least twice in the conversation. I will never understand anyone celebrating or condoning violence against others, whether it's injuring them or killing them. So let's be clear on that. So 
I'm not saying that anything that was done in the past by any other country justifies what happened starting last Saturday. Well, Bob, I just have one last thing to say, and I'll get off the line. Uh, what does uh, Dr. Harvey Stenger think about what's going to happen tomorrow? Will he be there? Will he take a position of Binghamton University, or will he just say free speech and let it go? This is happening at universities across the country, and it's disgusting. And it's going to happen presumably tomorrow. Uh, Who's going to report on this? Probably the only person I think that has the guts to be there and do it probably will be John. Uh, And uh, I I, I think we've got to look at that as a unique event tomorrow. I don't know what's going to take place there. But when you've got a Harvard Ph.D. student talking about what Hamas did as beautiful, beautiful and inspiring, uh, I, I give up. All right. Thanks for calling in. As far as uh, President Harvey Stenger, do I think he'll be there tomorrow? I doubt it. Looking at his Twitter feed, this is what was posted on the Binghamton University president's Twitter feed. And this was posted... On Tuesday morning, I want to emphasize our unwavering support for our Jewish community. Seeing firsthand everyone come together was very special. Thank you to Jewish BU and Bing Hillel, those are Twitter uh, handles, for supporting our students during this difficult time. And he thanked, uh, I believe, a student for uh, taking a photo. So that was a statement posted to Twitter by Binghamton University President Harvey Stanger. Dave from Binghamton chimes in. That sounds like a lot. That sounds a lot like what about isms. Yeah, it does sound a lot like it. So guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. There were some whataboutisms, which I tend to steer clear of. But again, I think I I made it also clear that I've never understood anyone who takes any satisfaction in someone else being hurt or killed. I don't understand it. You know, maybe, maybe if I live to be 150, I'll start to understand why anyone celebrates attacks on innocent people or why anyone celebrates war or why anyone doesn't say, let's find ways to de-escalate. I don't hear much talk of, of trying to end this war quickly so more people aren't hurt and killed. Maybe some people will try. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. It's 1045. This is Bob Joseph on WNBF. We're at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming 
at WNBF.com. WNBF at 1049, Washington Post reporting Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Benny Gantz, leader of the opposition National Unity Party, have now reached an agreement to form a unity government. The leader said the government would pursue only bills or government decisions concerning the conflict, which has prompted Israel to mass troops near the Gaza Strip and call up reservists ahead of an offensive against Hamas militants. Hamas said today Israeli strikes targeted the leader of its military wing, killing his brother as Israel pledged to focus its fire on Hamas leaders. A plane carrying United States ammunition has landed in Israel ahead of a visit by Secretary of State Antony Blinken. In Gaza, Palestinian authorities said hospital supplies are dwindling and that the only power plant has run out of fuel and stopped operating. So that is the latest from the Washington Post. More on uh, what was being discussed a moment ago, the New York Times story. Headline says, at Harvard, a battle over what should be said about the Hamas attacks. After a student group blamed Israel for the violence, Lawrence Summers, a former university president, condemned the leadership for not speaking up. And this story posted on the Times website starts off with this. Within a few days of the George Floyd killing and Russia's war against Ukraine, Harvard and other universities issued statements claiming solidarity with the victims. Immediately after the Hamas attacks in Israel, in which assailants killed women and children, Harvard was quiet even as criticism mounted over an open letter from a student coalition. The letter from Harvard Palestine Solidarity Group said it held, quote, the Israeli regime entirely responsible for all unfolding violence. The backlash to that letter turned Harvard's silence into a roar. Lawrence Summers, the former Treasury Secretary and former Harvard president, condemned the university's leadership for not denouncing the pro-Palestinian letter. Summers wrote on Twitter, In nearly 50 years of Harvard affiliation, I have never been as disillusioned and alienated as I am today. Harvard's silence, coupled with a student coalition letter, he said, quote, has allowed Harvard to appear at best neutral towards acts of terror against the Jewish state of Israel. On Monday night, and again with more force on Tuesday, Harvard spoke. Its president, Claudine Gay, issued a couple of statements, ultimately condemning, 
quote, the terrorist atrocities perpetrated by Hamas as abhorrent. A spokesman said Dr. Gay was not available for comment. So that's a little bit of the reporting by the New York Times on what's been going on at Harvard over the last few days. It's 10.52 at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Bob, it's Gary from the West Side. This this whole story is so complicated. I would just like to make one point that all I keep hearing from Israel and everyone is Hamas, Hamas, right? They, Hamas was horrible. They did this Hamas, Hamas. Yet, what did the Israelis do? So they stopped. They don't elect electricity or water or utilities into an area of 2.6 million Palestinians. They're punishing the people also. Innocent they're, people. They're, innocent people who are punishing had, Hamas. Right. They are. And, they're, and punishing, they're, they're punishing innocent people who had nothing to do with hurting or killing or um, and innocent people who were uninvolved in any of the atrocities that happened on Saturday and since. And this is that their outlook as to how we're going to, we're just going to go in and we're going to destroy these people. And it doesn't matter that they're innocent people. It just doesn't matter because what they did to us was so horrible. We have to, isn't, isn't the, the law of the Bible and Bob, I'm not a, uh, you know, up on this as much as I should be. Uh, aren't you supposed to turn the other cheek? Isn't that what God says? Turn the other cheek. Obviously, we can't do that in these times because, I mean, Israel definitely can't do that. They would just run right over Israel and, and annihilate them for whatever reason. Everybody hates Jews. I can't understand it. But this is what happens. But Israel is making suffering of millions of innocent people that just want to live their lives. They don't like Hamas either. And and they're getting the suffering, too. It's just a, such a complicated issue. Uh, I don't know, Bob. That's where I stand on that. But Well, I know. I, I don't think people uh, want to consider how many millions of people are innocent people on both yeah. sides are, are affected. And it's, look, and, and again, uh, as as evidenced by, by a previous call, you know, nobody... Nobody seems to want to uh, consider the nuances of any of anything. Well, I shouldn't say nobody wants to. Some people don't want to consider some of the, the other things. And so if you bring up anything about the past record of other countries, including this great nation, not having an unblemished record when it comes to human rights and also uh, treating people in times of the way we've treated some people in times of war, then it, it's um, a whataboutism. So, you know, you can't. You can't win, and you know this is this is an issue. The whole topic is is just fraught because virtually everyone has their opinion, and many people don't want to hear any other opinion. That's it. I know it's just a sad situation, Bob. And they just they just want to live like we want to live. They go to work. They want to be with their families. They want to come home. They'd be safe. That's what most of the world wants. You get the few people that just take take over that, and they want to destroy each other because of religious beliefs. Yeah, it's a shame. We've got the news coming up next on WNBF. Where news breaks first. 
News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, high near 60. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 42. Partly sunny Thursday with a high near 62. Republican Paul Battisti and Democrat Matthew Ryan are facing each other in this year's election for Broome County District Attorney. The candidates have some different ideas about how the office now headed by Michael Korchak should be run. Battisti defeated Korchak in the Republican primary last June. That primary was a rematch of a battle for the party's nomination four years earlier. In 2019, Batista secured the Republican nomination in the primary election. Korchak ultimately ran on the Libertarian Party line in the general election that year and was elected district attorney in a three-way race. Ryan and Korchak spoke during separate live interviews on WNBF Radio's Binghamton Now program about the district attorney's office and their plans if they are elected. You can hear both interviews with Bob Joseph on the WNBF app and on WNBF.com. Evidence shown at former President Donald Trump's New York civil business fraud trial shows that he signed a 1994 document that gave the true size of the New York penthouse that was listed later as far larger on his financial statements. The evidence appeared in an email attachment shown during testimony Tuesday from Alan Weisselberg, the former finance chief of Trump's company. James' lawsuit alleges that Weisselberg engineered Trump's financial statements to meet his demands that they show increases in his net worth and signed off on lofty valuations for assets despite appraisals to the contrary. Trump denies any wrongdoing. On October 8th, officers from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office were dispatched to a residence on Penguin Drive in the town of Cortlandville to investigate a domestic disturbance incident. During the investigation, officers determined that the defendant, Robert Benson, had strangled and then struck the victim several times. Officers also determined that Benson prevented the victim from calling 911 for help. When officers tried to arrest him, he refused to comply with lawful orders and resisted arrest. Benson was arraigned in central arraignment and remanded to the Cortland County Jail without bail. A member of a New York City drug-dealing crew blamed for the fentanyl-laced heroin death of actor Michael Williams has been sentenced to five years in prison. Louise Cruz was the third of four defendants to be sentenced in connection with the drugs linked to Williams' 2021 overdose death in Brooklyn. Cruz was sentenced Tuesday in federal court in Manhattan. He apologized and said he sold drugs to support his habit and pay bills. The crew member who actually sold the drugs to William is serving 10 years in prison and got more than two years in prison. A fourth awaits sentencing. An Edwell man is preparing to open the first of what could become a chain of family-friendly restaurants featuring chicken wings and salads. William Bedeen told WNBF News the new eatery will be called Chicken Chicks. The business will be located in the Park Manor Plaza in Edwell. Bedeen said the restaurant will be in the space that was occupied for decades by Mama T's. That business closed last summer. While Chicken Chicks will offer seven varieties of wings, it will not serve alcohol. The menu will also feature some healthier selections, including salads and some vegan sandwiches. Boudin said it will be a quick service restaurant with customers placing their orders at a walk-up counter. 
He said the restaurant will open or operate seven days a week. And he's working to put the finishing touches on the Endwell rest, restaurant, which may be ready for a soft opening on Friday. A new indictment filed Tuesday charges U.S. Representative George Santos with stealing the identities of donors to his campaign and then using their credit cards to ring up tens of thousands of dollars in unauthorized charges. Prosecutors say some of that stolen money ended up in his own bank account. The 23-count indictment replaces one filed earlier against the New York Republican, charging him with embezzling money from his campaign and lying to Congress about his wealth, among other offenses. Santos told reporters at the U.S. Capitol he had no comment on the superseding indictment. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is Bob Joseph, another big hour of radio coming at you on a Wednesday. 607-772-1290 if you would like to join me on WNBF. phones we go we start the hour off with paul and vestal you're on the air hey thank you for hearing me i uh, just wanted to comment on a couple of things the first one was i know you got this conversation with the terrible atrocities that just went on and i'd like to just feedback uh what i heard on the tv that hezbollah who did these awful things is also hated by the Palestinians too because they're in, like like uh, that one of the callers said, you know he wants to you know go after everybody and the Palestinians are going to get screwed because they're in the middle of all this and one of the reasons that Hezbollah did this was to disrupt the peace conferences that Israel and the Palestinians were having. And they probably were pretty successful with that. But I think uh, we need to identify and really go after not only the Hezbollah, but also perhaps, and this gets tricky, the ones that are supplying them and uh, behind them, which I think is Iran, and them almost off to World War Three, which is really kind of scary. I lived through the Vietnam era, and I thought it was kind of all done, but uh, I guess it's never all done. No, One it's, other it's thing. It, yeah, uh, just a second. I just wanted to interject. You're right. It's never all done. Even even during periods of relative peace, there, there still are, are tensions and animosities 
almost everywhere in the world. And the truth is that that um, you know almost any place could become a hotspot quickly. Uh, it's it's the sad reality. Uh, Eight billion people on this planet, and um, so many of us have trouble getting along with each other. Yeah, and the the, the other thing uh, that I've been gnawing on for quite a while is I'm just really had it with the way um, uh, uh, the House of Representatives is not representing, it sure as hell isn't representing me, and uh, they, I, they need to get their act together. And I, uh, even though that this is, a, I know, local news, we got our local congressman who I think people should uh, talk to about this. I mean, we it's ridiculous that uh, you have critical things like this, keeping the government open. You have uh, uh, this issue with uh, the Israelis, which needs to be uh, acted on quickly. Uh, and uh, it's and to have Congress not even working because of a few bunch of uh, radicals. Let's call them what they are. I'm going to I'm going to use an Italian term since I'm Italian. Our Congress needs to get some. Uh, uh, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say that. Uh, I won't thank you. Say thank you for. Uh, yeah, I think. I think most of our. Yeah, our our <laughs> listeners know where you were headed, and thank you for for going right up to the line. So so I didn't have to. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have to intercede, but we know the point you're making, and you know the. I, I would think that. Mark Molinaro would have been calling into this program not only to talk about the uh, the trouble with uh, House Republicans coming to an agreement on a leader, but also in the aftermath of what happened Saturday with the attack on Israel. But I'm, it's so we've got so much on the plate, and to have uh, Congress being so ineffectual, and I just wish that. Uh, uh, well, let me just say something. I, I used to be in government, uh, you know, town of Vestal. Probably people know who I am. And uh, we were in the minority. I had to work with other, uh, with another party, or we would have got zero done in Vestal. So you have to do it. That's what the government is built for. And people need to start acting as the, the you know our forefathers developed a, a great system, but you got to use the damn system and not abuse it like it's being done right now. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. It's eleven fifteen. WNBF. Everyone is welcome to call. Express yourself. Remember, when you call, there will be a conversation. I know some people find it disconcerting and and perhaps unfortunate that in order to get on the air that they may engage in conversation and then get exasperated if the host says something with which they disagree. So let me apologize in advance if you can't tolerate uh, a host who may actually have a little back and forth with you. Not that I'm sorry for doing the back and forth. Sorry if that's not something that you're able to handle. 
some people find it, uh, I don't know, disconcerting, troubling. Yeah, as soon as we replace the host with AI, that problem will be rectified. So it's probably coming a lot sooner than you would believe. So stay tuned for vast improvements in the hosting of this program. It's eleven sixteen. Good morning. You're on the air. What's the first or what's your first name and where are you calling from? It's just a little. You're going for a long thing. <laughs> well there's a slice of life. <laughs> I'm not really sure from where, but I have a I think I have a sense. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Remember next hour. There will be another host on WNBF. His name is Dan Bongino. And then at 3, an even better host, Sean Hannity. And then at 6, the best host of all, Mark Levin. So we start off week with Bob. Then we gain a little bit of strength with Dan, a little more strength with Sean. And then unparalleled excellence with Mark. On WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available using the WNBF app. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. WNBF 1120. 50 years ago, Spiro, Theodore, Agnew slithered out of the office the Vice President of the United States. Spiro, we hardly knew ye. <laughs> and I'm sure he always afterwards blamed the nattering nabobs of negativism. But it was 50 years ago. Uh, I recall it almost as though it were yesterday. I posted on uh, Twitter the front page of the Evening Press of Binghamton from 50 years ago. It was October 10th, 1973, and that was the way it was. The headline, and it didn't make uh, uh, many editions of the Evening Press, but it did make the final editions, and I remember I remember getting to the, um, the place where they dropped off all the bundles of uh, freshly printed newspapers from the Vestal Parkway. So I was there on Liberty Avenue in Endicott's fabulous Union District. I think I was the first kid there because I loved just love delivering the news. Oh, boy. And um, use the little thing to 
open up the bundle of papers on a Wednesday, and there's the big headline that they had slapped at the last minute, um, the upper right corner of the late final edition, the three-star, Agnew resigns. Vice President Spiro Agnew resigned Wednesday. His historic decision announced by a weeping staff secretary. Agnew then pleaded no contest in federal court in Baltimore to a single count of federal income tax evasion. The vice president, his face drawn, entered the plea before U.S. District Judge Walter Hoffman. Hoffman told the vice president he considered the no-contest plea the equivalent of an admission of guilt. He sentenced Agnew to the maximum $10,000 fine, placed him on probation without supervision for three years. The White House had no comment. Press Secretary Ronald Ziegler was unavailable to newsmen, but grim-faced White House aides gathered around news service printers watching as the machines ticked off word of Agnew's decision. Agnew resigns. Yes, I was delivering. I, I suspect I delivered maybe about 70 or 75 copies of that historic edition of the Evening Press 50 years ago. Of course, I can't say for a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised... At the midway point of the paper route, so I would start on the north side of East Main Street and do about half the route. And then at the midway point, I'd cross the street, of course, looking both ways, using the crosswalk. And uh, at that point, I would saunter into Pat Mitchell's Wide World of Ice Cream and request that Mr. Mitchell give me, I think probably because of the gravity of the news that day, I probably asked for a double. Mr. Mitchell, I have the weight of the world on my shoulders here with the Wednesday press. And it was. It was a heavy edition. That was the food edition. 60 big, thick, juicy, ad-encrusted pages. And uh, so I, I'm sure I needed to probably have... I don't know what I was eating at the time, probably mint chip. Thank you, Pat Mitchell. Good memories then. Uh, energized and uh, with reinvigorated, I finished the other half of my newspaper route, delivering more papers to information-hungry news consumers. Remember, that was before the Internet. That's when the newspaper actually broke the news. Because I think Vice President Agnew announced his resignation in the afternoon. On that Wednesday afternoon, it still made the, the paper that showed up in Endicott at, at about 4 o'clock. So, as I said, back then, who needed the Internet? We had the newspaper, and it was fast, and it was accurate, and it was 15 cents. 1126 at News Radio, WNBF. With your host, I'll be here till midday at WNBF. The phone lines are still open, 607-772-1290. 
And later today, I'll uh, have a couple of interesting stories. I think one story will be about downtown Binghamton. Another story will be about downtown Endicott. It'll be at WNBF.com, where you can get some original reporting. WNBF 11.30 in Binghamton, 8.30 in Pacific Palisades. Take the phones. It's Vinny in Binghamton. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, listen, I wanted to say something, um, make a comment on um, this, this nonsense that's going on over there in uh, Israel. You know, um, yeah. Our history in this country, we've had our president after president after president has tried their damnedest to get peace over in that country. Since World War II, we've sent over $260 billion, more than any other nation in this world, to Israel. We've sent aid, you name it. And I don't know when it's going to be time for those people over there, the Palestinians and Israelis, to get your act together. But, you know, after a while, I think it, I think one of the problems is I think the American people don't really know what's going on over there. I've seen journalists that have accused of apartheid from CNN get fired because of their views. And they kind of move to Palestinians. Hey, listen, it's, it's both of your faults. Then there comes to be a problem. And I think... You know, right now you've got Netanyahu. This guy's this guy's up for uh, corruption charges. Who's leading them now? Okay, they're ready to send this guy to jail if everything pans out. And it's just continual. To, you know, I see all the congressmen and oh, you know, we got to you know Israelis. We we got to uh, do this with Israel. But yet they've got a problem with funding Ukraine. It's almost like we're trying to pick and choose our enemies and our um, so-called allies. And it's, it's sometimes it turns into a game. This isn't new, what's going on over there. It's, it's not new. You know, you know, some people who are saying, oh, you know, this is their 9-11. I don't know. It, the way I, things I've read, it's more like Attica. The prisoners are uprising because of what's going on over there that a lot of American people don't know. And, you know, it's going to be, when are we going to get clarity? Of what's going on over there. What are you guys doing? What's this Gaza Strip? Who's there? What's with these checkpoints? What's that all about? You know, there's a lot that we don't know. And like your previous caller said, yeah, he's just going in there shooting Palestinians, everything, everything. You know, and and, and how these things are connected. Um, Hamas, I, I guess Iran backs them. 
Well, then we had them at the peace, uh, uh, talking at uh, the getting peace and nuclear war, uh, uh, the warheads and nuclear, uh, all kinds of devices. Didn't we have those people at the table one time? What happened to that? There's so much. There's so much, and um, you know it does. It it, it gets really frustrating. But you got You got We got to stick in there. You know, we, we speaking of just voting because this is this is what happens when we don't do anything. You've got to vote. Got to get these people because, uh, like the previous caller said about Washington, we don't have our act together in the House. So you know, it's it's just one of those things. I know it gets frustrating, but I think the bottom line, you, you just got to keep going. You got to keep all going. right and I work work for peace. I, I'm afraid sometimes to say something like that. You would think that wouldn't be controversial on a radio station in 2023 if a host says work for peace. But I know there are going to be some people who find that offensive. Well, work for know, peace. I know it's offensive to many. Well, Bob, you know, like I said, we, we've got in this country, we've got our problems. We've got we've got big problems. I mean, you know, some people want to talk about freedom of speech. Bob, that's my freedom of speech. And then when somebody else talks that they don't agree with, you know, they call in and and tell the people that are talking that they're full of crap. Oh, yeah. You ought to see my email. Oh, yeah. I mean, exactly. you're, you're lucky. You're lucky that you don't get email from from people who don't like you. Oh, Bob, Bob, I know. You know why? You know, the, because I don't, the, here, here's I don't one. Listen to that. this. Daniel writes, and he just uh, fired this off. Uh, yep. You you are a very pompous, arrogant person. Not arrogant, arrogant. You are a very pompous, arrogant person. I will not be listening for a while, not that you care. And that's Daniel. Well, Daniel, I, well, I, that, I, it, I, I, I certainly... I'm always saddened by people who opt out because I'm a very pompous, arrogant person. Well, Bob, you know, a lot of them, it's about, it's about this. This, this, is the, this is their form of communication. You shut up and listen to what I have to say, okay? You shut up and I listen. That, that's their thing. You shut up and listen. Let me talk and talk and talk and talk and say nothing. A lot of times they're saying nothing. They don't like that. They don't like communication. Their 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 way of communicating is is let me talk and you just listen. And that's right. And and that's that's why the people who are engaged by the host, uh, more often than not, you know, just go off angry for some reason. It's I I guess I guess what what they want. And some people are more blatant about it when they call in than others i mean some people as you know you hear them uh with the, the formulation bob you you must agree to this at least and it's like <laughs> what do you mean i must agree to that what do you mean yep. why why must i agree with anything why don't you just say what you think and then listen carefully and i'll tell you what i think you know the, the stipulation ahead of time i'm going to say something whatever Whatever. It could be, yeah. it's a sunny day. You must agree, Bob, that it's a sunny day in Binghamton. Well, what if I disagree? Yeah. And, and what if it is? Yeah. I mean, look, the average listener can look out the window and say if a caller says, it's a sunny day in Binghamton. Then if the host comes on claiming to be in downtown Binghamton and says, no, it's not. It's a cloudy day. Well, then the listener 
he or she can decide, wow, I don't think that that host has any credibility. But just because someone calls in and says, well, you got to agree to this at least. Oh, and, and by the way, you don't need me to support you. Be proud of your views. And, it, I mean, even, look, even the most... Even some views that I might find most inappropriate, I'm not telling the person that he's a bad person. I'll say, I disagree with that. I'm not saying you are a bad person. If I disagree, if I don't have the same opinion as you, doesn't mean that I, the host, am better than you. It means I disagree. It's as simple as that. And then, you know, and we hear this, we hear this with such frequency, such as the person who said, I'm very pompous, arrogant person. Well, maybe I am. I can't help it. I'm a product. I mean, Vinny, I'm a product of public schools. Well, well, see, well, like I said before, you know, you, you, you don't, you're just having a conversation. You're not doing any interviews with anybody. And, uh, I, they don't want you to think. They just want you to agree. Right. Well, and as I said, as I said, get set for the AI version of this program. And then for those who uh, frequently go off in a huff because they had they were they they faced uh, an actual human being with conversation, then they can deal with an AI program and then. Maybe they'll like it. Personally, I don't think they'll like it because it's not going to be any anywhere near as fun. No. no. I mean, I certainly as a listener wouldn't like it. Maybe if I was a caller and um, very unsure of myself and needed affirmation, then maybe with the AI program that would probably take every caller and and – Every time that the person completed a sentence, the AI program would say something to the effect, thank you, you make a very good point. Is there anything else you'd like to add? And then the person can say another thing, and then the AI program wouldn't challenge them at all and say, thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate your views. And then go on to the next call, and then the next call. And and the calls for three hours will be handled handled just like that, and I I won't listen to it. I mean, by then I'll have three free hours every morning on my hand hands, but I'm not going to be drinking coffee and eating donuts and listening to a boring program without a little give and take between the host and the callers. Well, true, Bob, and and I've said this before on this program probably a couple of years ago, but I think this is probably a good time to say it again. I, um, you know, at, at noon, I'm gone, <laughs> all right, on this station. And I listen to other stations, but there's another um, uh, a program that I listen to, and um, he talks about that. He goes, one time, he goes, I did just what you're talking about, Bob. People would call in, he'd say their views, he'd be quiet. When they get done, he'd say, okay, thank you. Appreciate your view. Hey, caller from Kansas City. Bob from Kansas City, go ahead. He would talk. Oh, Bob, don't you have anything to say? No, I'm listening. He'd go on. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay, so-and-so from Illinois. People got mad. And this is what he said. He goes, once you do that with your show, you've lost it. 
once you don't engage, you've lost your show. And people were like, they weren't used to just talking and you're not answering. Well, and, and, and the thing is, well, here's the thing. The easy way for me to operate a show would be to do just that and not put any thought, any kind of um, effort to do a few things to infuse um, a little bit of excitement, maybe sometimes intrigue, and even occasional controversy. Now, the easy way, if I wanted to just figuratively phone it in, I mean, I would still be here in the studio, but if I didn't want to give it much effort and um, use the least amount of brain power possible, it would be to run a program like that. And I've done it a couple times as a test. We did, we, we did uh, a 30 minutes, I think, two, two weeks ago, starting off a program like that. And people, mm-hmm. people found it unsatisfying. And I understand. <laughs> but I, I yep. did it to prove a point. Yep. Oh, wait. Here, here's, let's see. With the stop, Bob Dig, I hear clicking stopwatches going. Wait, on. Hold, hold on. Here, here's a guy who Rich who says he's a concerned listener. So his subject okay. line in the email, and this is directed to you and I. The, and hey, I and I'm not sure what to. I don't know what to. Uh, oh, here, obviously he's. He doesn't like either of us, but I'll, I'll read it verbatim because this shows you this is just one sample of the yeah. the email, the, the kind of thoughtful commentary that I'm treated to on a regular basis. So a concerned listener named Rich won't stipulate where he's from. Subject line, things will be good. Bob and Vinny, take a deep breath and meds. Tomorrow will be a better day. You take care. Concerned listener, Rich. You know, so instead of offering any thoughtful insight into any of the topics of the day, he's taking a shot at you and I as and suggesting that all we have to do is take some meds and tomorrow will be a better day. So thanks, Rich. Well, yeah, you know, that, again, that, yeah. that shows you that yeah. shows you, and he took time out of his busy schedule to send an email yeah. with that that commentary. So Rich yeah. oh, that, that's that's a powerful, up, powerful and witty statement. I am all broken up, Bob. Well, and so am I. I. But again, it just it's an illustration that not everybody wants to have a thoughtful discussion of any issue. No, nope. you know, there are the detractors who feigns concern. You know, if Rich was really concerned, he would call in and talk. Yep. But yeah. he's they you know, can't he's, bring anything to the he, table. Bob. He's witty. He's he's yep. you know witty with his keyboard. 1144 at WNBF, Let 
WNBF. Back to phones we go. Joan in Binghamton, you're on the air. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, um, what really ticked me off initially, which I didn't tell you while we were off the air, was, you know, you said everybody does it. And that's what got me off my off my rocker today to call. Otherwise, it probably would have let you slide by, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, And then we got talking about the intelligence uh, uh, debacle in which... Oh, yeah, by the way, that's interesting for people uh, who may not know occasionally i have conversations with listeners before before we go on the air so actually we talked about a lot that that would have been better better left on the air but you weren't sure if you you'd even be able to to stick around because you you may have to go suddenly so anyway uh sorry for the interruption but i wanted to explain to to listeners we already have chatted for nearly three minutes before going on air yeah, you know, and it's not that uh, the conversation is um, is bad and we don't want you to answer, but we get frustrated just like we get with the TV set where somebody comes on and, you know, you say, well, you know, you gave Iran all this money and you forgave their debt, you loosened up all the money that they already had that was being held, you know, because of them being a terrorist state and supplying Hamas with a million or a hundred thousand dollars a year and et cetera, you know, but you know, the problem was, is just that the guys that answer that say, you know, oh, well, that's all locked up. You know, he can't use it for anything that's not humanitarian. Iran can't use it. And everybody else says, well, if he doesn't have to spend money on food, he could spend those, that money on arms. Because you're giving them back, giving them the five or six mil, uh, billion dollars, and he can buy food, he can buy uh, shoes for all his uh, 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 people in his country, he can build houses, he can build roads, and he just takes some other money that he was going to use for that kind of thing, and says, "Hey, I can buy uh, terrorist equipment. I can go to Afghanistan, which is now having the title of the." Uh, 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 super terrorist state. I mean, everybody goes there like it's a, a candy store. I mean, you can buy American bill- bullets to kill Americans. You can buy American bombs to kill Americans. We left it all there for them. You know, said, here, here's your candy store. Whoever wants to sell it or, or get it, you know, all these terrorist state, state uh, terrorist groups are going there. And exchanging information and buying equipment or take getting equipment. I mean, we've turned Afghanistan into a super super terrorist state. I mean, there are things we have contributed to this problem. Let's face it. You, you can point to many, many different things. Okay, you can say something. No, I don't dare, <laughs> but I appreciate your calling in. Now, I know what happened the last time. Oh, you do? Oh yeah, I was. Well, I was here. Oh, okay. Remember okay. you? You were definitely unhappy with the uh, with your um, calling experience. Well, everybody gets unhappy when you know somebody answers them with an answer that you just you know is so obvious that it, you know like everybody does it. You know they just ends up being something that uh, drives you over the wall. You know, what are you going to say? Everybody does it? 
you know, it kills babies. Um, I, I, are, haven't we prosecuted soldiers? I mean, these guys are not soldiers. These are terrorists, I guess. So you, you, you know, so every do, does, does the U.S. have terrorists? Do we really have terrorists on our payrolls and et cetera that go to other countries and and kill, you know, just babies? You know, I mean, somebody that's a spy that you want to take out or the head of a terrorist organization you want to take out, I can see that. I mean, even 9-11 was against the adults. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there was a... a, a you know, a center for the the people who work there in the building with all kinds of you know children and babies in it. I'm not sure. You know, I I you know sort of just assume that uh, you know the towers had adults in it. But uh, you know, uh, that's that's why when people answer, everybody does it. I just that's what drives me up a wall, and that's what I, I assume drives other people up the wall. Okay, keep keep talking. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your call. Thank you for calling. Okay, sure thing. 11.53 at WNBF Radio. Jesse from Owego, you're on the air. Like, Oh, my gosh. I'll I tell you what. I'm not sure how to follow that up. I I totally lost my train of thought. I, I love Joe. She's hilarious. And... It's been a very interesting morning since the start of the show. I was like, wow, Thursday, Thursday's on. I think we could use a modified maxi, maybe a few more things, Bob. Well, it's a, thurs- it's a Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, to be sure. Okay, well, yeah. But, you oh, know, I'm I afraid know. to bring that up because then you'll be mad at me. Well, <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought because so many callers called in and, I mean, very interesting people and very interesting discussions. It's like, wow, this has been one of the most unique shows I think I've heard. And I'm like, how are we going to follow this up tomorrow, Bob? Uh, I, I tell you what, I give you all big credit. You have handled it very well. Well, I strive to handle it well, even in the face of uh, nonstop criticism and, you know, bombardment from, you know, from people who talk about disgruntled. You know, I I thought the country had maybe only one or two percent of the population disgruntled. Well, just remember this, Bob. You got broad shoulders just like me. We can handle it. Well, I'm not saying I can't handle it. It's just, you know, it's sort of a a sad commentary that people are in such a snit. Well, you know what? That's their own choice. I guess it is. I start off the day and say, all I want to do is take some calls and ask some questions and then go out and do some reporting. And I'm I'm not trying to convince anyone to see see it my way but i i don't think i don't think threats are the answer but hey if if, thank you jesse by the way now if if that's the best you can do if going away mad is the only way you can deal with a talk show host who has a conversation all right hope you'll be back though tomorrow morning i'll be here from nine to noon bob joseph on wnbf This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.